Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We are in our fourth episode of this series, Advent, a season of preparation. And this is the last episode of this series. We want to look at the uh, completion or the fulfillment of this season of Advent. One of the things that I've learned from being uh, in the military is that <clears throat> there is a time where we are feeling very happy. So happy that it becomes ex extraordinary, it becomes very joyful. And that is a time when we return from deployment. Now, there's different levels of deployment. Some of them are 30 days, some of them are 60 days, some of them are 180 days. Um, during the time where we were heavy in uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation uh, Enduring Freedom, we were going 12 months up to 15 to 18 months and being separated from your family members uh, for that long and then having the opportunity to return home, you come off the plane and your family members are sitting there and it is just a time of just great happiness, great joy. But the anticipation as we get ready to meet with each other and when we finally see each other, uh, I've seen where uh, people leap into the air, little children are jumping up on their mother or their father because they finally see them after all this time and it's just a great time, there's a lot of emotion. Um, so that is what, uh, when, when we talk about this fourth episode that runs through my mind, that feeling of when you finally come to the goal, which is to be reunited with your family. And you're right there, and we, you know, because of being in the military, we have all this prompt and circumstances that we do before you actually get a chance to meet them. You have to march in, and a couple people say things, but you're not really listening to them in the first place because you're looking for your family members. And then they release you to, to your family, and then it's just like a, a, a big mass coming from two different directions to meet in the middle and it's just hugs and kisses and like I said children jumping up I've seen a couple of times where the, the wife would jump up in the, in the uh, husband's arms and it's just a, a great time and it makes everyone happy and even if a couple of times when, when, uh, on a shorter deployment there's been a couple of times where uh, my family wasn't able to be there because of circumstances or whatever, but you were just happy because everybody else was happy. Just because you were in the midst of it, it makes you feel that much better. So the point that I want us to, to, to really get out of today is that this is the day that we celebrate the fulfillment of the promise and what it does for us. And we're going to look specifically at one of the key figures in 
this situation. So, the good news of Jesus makes us excited, makes us overwhelmed, makes us filled with joy. And, when, and we realize that the best part of, about waiting is when the waiting is over. When you've come to the end of the wait. And that becomes a time that you celebrate. And so this big celebration, because the waiting time is over, and we want to just really delve into, like I said, that's one central character in this. And it could have been a very dire situation, but it was not. And it caused a mindset to be uh, exampled for us to follow. I want to remind you that, again, this is the fourth episode. Our first episode, we talked about hope. Our second episode, we talked about peace. Our third episode was about love. And again, this episode is about joy. So the entire title is Advent, A Season of Preparation, Subtitle, Joy. We're going to look at uh, Luke, the first chapter, the 46th through the 55th verses. We're going to be in the English Standard Version. But again, before we go forward, you know I got to make sure that we're all on the same sheet of music. Advent is defined as the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Our other definition I want us to hit today is joy. Joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. So we have Advent, we have joy as our definitions for today. Luke, the first chapter, 46th verse, says it like this in the English Standard Version. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped the servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Now, the backdrop for this is the fact that the angel comes to Zechariah. Zechariah was the high priest for that year. And he goes in to present the atonement for the people of Israel. As Zechariah is in there, an angel comes to him and says, Hey, Zechariah, you are going to have a baby. Now, Zechariah was an old guy, and his wife was old. And they was like, I don't know how that's going to happen. 
And the angel said, well, because you don't believe, you will not be able to speak until this happens. So he comes out, he goes uh, home, he explains everything to his wife. Next thing he knows, his wife is pregnant. Now, his wife is excited because she hadn't had a baby. This is going to be her first child. And the other significant thing about this is, is that she is uh, related to the central character that we're going to be talking about today. Elizabeth was the cousin of Mary. Mary was a young girl who had just gotten engaged to Joseph. And in the middle of the night, she gets visited by an angel. And the angel says that you are highly favored of the Lord. And because you are highly favored of the Lord, you are going to bring Messiah into the earth. And she's looking at him like, I don't know how that's going to happen because I don't, I haven't, I ain't been with nobody. He says that the spirit of God's going to come upon you. And because the spirit of God's going to come upon you, this is going to cause the birthing process. The pregnancy process, I should say. So she ends up saying, you know, let it be unto me as the Lord has declared. And she's pregnant. She tells Joseph, Joseph has one of three options that he can do. He can tell the Sanhedrin and she can be stoned. He can divorce her and put her away privately or he can marry her. Now, it doesn't say what Joseph was thinking, but an angel came and confirmed to him that she had not been sneaking around, but that this is truly a God thing that was happening. So he went ahead and kept her as his, as his, as his wife and did all those things that were necessary for the scripture to be fulfilled. Because what the fulfillment that was coming was the fact that uh, Joseph was of the line of Abraham, Mary was of the line of David, which tied into the, world, into the words of history that said that he would be born of the seed of Abraham and that he was going to be of the lineage of David. So all that falls into place. And Mary goes and she visits her cousin, who's six months pregnant at the time. And she says, hey, is Mary home? And, and the Bible says as soon as she, uh, Mary heard her voice, that the baby within her began to leap, began to be excited about it. And she says, hey, cousin, this is a great event. You are blessed. And as she begins to have this conversation with her cousin, she realizes just how blessed she is. And she begins to sing a song of her blessing. Now, I do want to do a correlation between this and the fact that if you have been uh, aware of Bible stories, I'll just say, there is a, a story of a... Uh, prophet by the name of Samuel. Samuel's mother's name was Hannah. Hannah was barren. And Hannah began to pray to God and said, if you will give me a, a, a child, I will dedicate him back to you. And the opportunity opened. She got pregnant. And that is what she did. And once God had fulfilled his word and she did her part, she also sung a song because 
she was so happy that God had found favor with her. <clears throat> so think about from the time of Abraham, thousands of years previously, up to now, there had been this waiting on the seed that would defeat the enemy that had caused the deception. It had been talked about over and over and over and over again. History was going on. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was looking toward this. The children of Israel were looking for Messiah to come so that they would not be under the rule of anyone else because he's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. They are excited about what is coming. But they were like, when is he coming? Well, the time has now come. And it has come to the place that it was coming to fulfillment. And so we get to peek behind the curtain and see that Gabriel, the angel, came in and he uh, spoke to Mary about what was getting ready to happen. And Mary gets excited and begins to rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because the Lord, Mary's like, the Lord has taken note of me. He has chosen me to be the one that Messiah is coming through. And this is Mary's response to God. And in, in her song, she gives a number of reasons why that in the midst of waiting, we can still rejoice because of what God has done. Looking over the history, how he has brought the children of Israel through all this, although they went, had ups and downs and rounds and rounds and all this other craziness that was going on, God has still been faithful to his word. He looks at all these things and God has put them all together to get to this specific point that they are now at. And she talks about God's mercy. She talks about God's long suffering and how he's just watched over all the nation of Israel. And she's just so excited that she can feel the anticipation of the wait for Messiah is about to be over. And with that, she just acknowledges, I know that you are the sovereign, you are the king, and that through me that you have de designated for us to be rescued from the hand of all the nations that were given or uh, given rulership over us or taken rulership over us. And so she's just so excited. She hears her cousin is, is, is also having a baby. So this is just a, a good time just to celebrate and to rejoice in the God of their salvation. Now, this makes me think about, have you ever been so excited about something 
are so thankful about something that you just start singing, that you just, I mean, even if you can't sing, you just start breaking out in a song. Because it just, I think that's just one of the things that comes out of us, that we just start humming, we just start, you know, one of, one of the funny things that I, 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 I notice about people is that when they're eating a, a really good meal and they're really enjoying the meal, if you really listen to them, as they're eating, you'll start hearing them, mm, 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 you know, you start hearing them making these, these noises because it's an expression of their delight and their happiness. The... Uh, power of our, our, our expression begins to cause this infectious atmosphere where folks around you when you're when you're happy and you're and you're singing uh, it, it, it affects everyone around you it provides encouragement to them they say, well, they're happy about something. They're, they're, they're rejoicing about something. And, you know, and it causes folks to smile around you. I remember back in the day they had this uh, Coca-Cola commercial. And everybody was on the bus and they were kind of feeling down. And a young man gets on the bus and he has his headphones on and he's singing uh, about Coca-Cola but he's singing with such enthusiasm and such joy that it starts making everybody around him just kind of sway with him singing and having smiles on their faces this is the infectious part of joy joy is based upon the fact that it is something that is not just based upon what's happening but it's this confidence Knowing that what you have been waiting and anticipating has come to pass and it just makes you so excited. Uh, I don't know if you watched The Big Bang Theory, but there was, a, there was an episode in The Big Bang Theory where Sheldon, one of the characters, received a napkin signed by one of his heroes who was Leonard Nimoy. Now, it became hilarious because the person that gave him the napkin, he wanted to, you know, give them a gift. So he buys like four different things. And he says, I'm a, this is this cost this much, this cost this much, this cost this much. I'm trying to figure out which gift I'm going to give them. But he was so excited about receiving this that he took all four gifts and gave it to them. And then he kind of became a giving stalker because he would check on the person and see if they could have or needed anything else because he was just so happy. He was so joyful. He was just so rejoicing in the fact that he had this napkin signed by Leonard Nimoy. And this is kind of, this is kind of a, a reflection of how when Mary allowed it to resonate in her mind that she was chosen by God to bring the Messiah into the world, the one who was going to set the people of Israel free, she was just excited, just singing, just delightfully happy 
in what was about to come. And we realize that as we wait on something to happen, that it builds up, our anticipation builds up within us, and we begin to have this exuberant expression of relief that what we expected has come to pass, and we're just so happy about it. And so what we see from this is the fact that the first Sunday we talked about hope. The confident expectation that it was going to pass. We talked about the second iteration. We talked about peace. That we had the shalom. That we had the wholeness. The completeness. In us. Because of what was coming. Then we looked at the love that comes from us. Because we realized that. We could not do anything within ourselves in order to be in right standing with God. However, God provided through his unconditional love a way for us to be in right standing with us. And then we get to the part where it all comes together and we have celebration. We have exuberance. We have excitement because it has come together in fruition and so in the first uh, part of the scripture that we read today Mary says something very very significant she says my soul glorifies the Lord and that word glorify means to declare great or to enlarge or to magnify, to make big. And uh, we think of this word, we think of a magnifying glass. And when you have a magnifying glass, it makes something that is small that much larger. And it not only makes it larger, it makes it clearer, it makes it easier to see. And so, Upon this news of the long-awaited Messiah coming, she just gets so excited. And she just begins to declare how great God is. And she begins to not just look at it, she begins to just make it bigger, to just begin to emphasize it so that it becomes clearer to those that are around her. And so sometimes when we are waiting on God to move, it can, it can feel as if it's small and as distant and that it's long in coming and that it feels like it may not even come. But what I would recommend is during those times when it feels small and distant is that we do like Mary and we begin to glorify what we know about God at that moment. That he is faithful, he is just, that he is going to bring things to pass. When he says it, it's going to happen. It's all about the timing and if we celebrate that, we make it bigger, we make it clearer so that we can begin to celebrate until 
it becomes to fruition. And when we do that continuously, it causes us to be able to rejoice even as we're going through. And then it, our, our joy is even greater in the end because we have been celebrating all this time. But when it actually fully happens, there's just that much more of a time of rejoicing. But back to my original analogy, I, I remember there was, one, once we got prepared to return from Iraq to back home, everybody was kind of happy, everybody was kind of celebrating, everybody had these smiles on their faces and talking about what we were going to do when we get back, and then when you was on the plane, everybody was like, oh man, we're almost home, and but you didn't come straight back. You had a couple stops you had to make. And you'd go around. You'd be like, man, let's get back on the plane so we can get on back home. And the anticipation kept building up and building up. And on the other side, the family was making signs and, and you know, planning all this stuff. And then it came, when you landed on the, uh, the runway and you start taxiing toward the tar tarmac. And the band's out there playing. Folks are out there singing with the signs and all that stuff. And you come walking down the uh, gang, gangway, gangplank, whatever that thing's called, you start walking down that, and you're just like looking, trying to find your family because you're like, I'm so close, so close. And then they say, all right, get in formation. You're like, oh, man, come on. And then you get in the formation, you walk in, and anticipation, everybody's cheering, everything's going. And then you got to get, you got the folks that got to say something about you coming back, and you're just like, man, hurry up. And I mean, it just keeps building and building and building. This is the same type of mentality that Mary had when she realized this is the savior of the nation of Israel and the world. And God has blessed me, chosen me to be the one. And that is why it is so important that we understand that when we have Christ in our life, when he comes, it is going to be a time of exuberant celebration. This confident expectation that we know that he's coming. And when he finally arrives, it's just like that celebration of the military member coming back to meet and reunite with his family. The same type of mentality. We're all happy. We're all excited. It is finally coming to pass. When you first got to Iraq, you was like, we got 11 more months to go. 10 more months to go. 9 more months to go. I mean, it just, you just, you counting, but you're like, uh. But then when you had like 30 days left, you're like, man, it's almost time. You know, it, it just becomes this great energy and then when you finally get with your family, it's just like, hey, everybody's celebrating. Everybody's having a great time. So Mary is an example of this, that she realizes that as I focus on God, as I focus on the promise that he's going, because remember, she still had to wait the nine months of the gestation process to go through before he even got there. And so she's still going through this. She's getting encouragement from her cousin Elizabeth. She's getting encouragement from her husband Joseph because God is working everything out 
according to his plan. And so the point that I really want to bring out today is as you're going through and waiting on God to answer your prayer, that you should magnify him, that you should take joy in the fact that he is opening up opportunities for you, that he's doing things for you to prepare you for when you finally get the answer. When it finally all comes to pass that he is opening up and preparing you for that time. And so our joy is what makes us go through the sad times. The times when it seems so far in distance. But when we celebrate who God is, when we magnify him, make him bigger, make him clearer to ourselves, that we can see that he's working all this out, it enables us to be celebratory and to go forward and continue in the direction that he desires for us to go. So with that said, as we've come through these four Sundays of Advent, which is the celebration of the arrival of a notable person or event, we're focusing on the birth of Jesus. But remember I said this is, has a two-edged situation. We're celebrating his birth, but we're also recognizing his soon return to rule the earth. And so we are celebrating, being joyful about the fact that he was born. Also, we are celebrating, magnifying, anticipating his soon return to, uh, to grab hold of and to reign as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then that is the first spot for you to go to. Because you cannot experience the joy of the Lord if you do not have a relationship with him. You have to establish that in order to get the full benefit of what God has for you. It is not a complicated process. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. The Bible says whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that word saved means delivered, to be rescued, to be freed. And what is it that he's freeing you from? He's freeing you from the penalty of sin. The Bible says that the penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So his whole point, his whole desire is to deliver you from the penalty, which is death, from sin. The Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of God's glorious standard. And so Jesus came so that we could, in him, achieve the standard of God. If you make the decision today to accept Jesus in your, into your life. What we want you to do is to let us know that you made that decision because we have additional information that we want to provide for you so that we can help you along this journey. Let us know via email at info at godshousecc.com 
and we will provide you with that necessary information. We just want to celebrate this time of the year, this time of focusing on the reason for the season that Jesus came to rescue us from the penalty of sin. So friends, family, I hope you have pulled in some information as we have went through this season of Advent where we looked at the hope that he provides, the, the peace that he gives, the love that he shows, and the joy that is revealed as we celebrate this time of Jesus coming into the world in order to make the world free. That's all we have for this week. Enjoy your family and your friends, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. We declare God's blessings upon you throughout this week in Jesus' name.